0: Hello, Woodland Hills. Uh, first order of business, I imagine, is to just name the weirdness. Just name the weirdness. This is weird. This is kind of surrealistic, actually. I'm talking to an empty room. Well, almost empty. I've got like 17 of the. Hey, you ever say "Love You, Jesus"? And, uh, the remnants, uh, either folks who didn't get the notice or wanted to come anyways. I don't know, but they're here. And, and I'm talking to Woodland Hills Podrickeners, and you're all Podrickeners. This is the first time in history where our Podrickeners and our congregation have become one. Now we're actually one. It's just weird. It's weird when you go outside; the streets are half empty. You go into the supermarket, and, and everyone's kind of, you know, paranoid of everyone else. And 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 God forbid if you sneeze, you're like pariah number one. Get out of here. They're, they'll stone you. Uh, it's, it's there's a weirdness. It's eerie. It feels like feel like, like, like you know, it reminds me of back in the day when I first became a Christian and we were watching, you know, life was filled with guns and war and everyone got trampled on the floor. It's like we just missed the rapture. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. And Mary's right now thinking, please, God, don't let him sing. It's bad enough right now. We're in the middle of this coronavirus. Okay, so it's just weird. Uh, it, it, and it, What's even? We don't know how long this is going to go. We don't know how deep this is going to go. We don't know whether we're hitting, at least here in the States, whether we're getting close to the pinnacle or whether we're just getting warmed up. Uh, it's a, it's a free-for-all. So with having said that, I'll turn it over to my beloved colleague, Shauna Bourne, who is wearing leopard sandals. What you? I had to do it.
1: You had to I had, do it. I had to do it. I couldn't resist. Oh, well, thank you. We are really excited about this new opportunity. To sorry,
0: <laughs> sorry. It, 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 it carry on, carry on, carry on. This happens. Lifetime here. We're, it, the, the regular, smooth, uh, polished Woodland Show, okay? This is like we usually do.
1: Okay. Right. Just like Professional. Normal. Just like normal. We're excited because we know that even though this is a very different and, and some may figure dire time, we know that Jesus is still in the midst and we are doing our mm. best to do what we do. And that is to love one another and to be his kingdom people here on earth. So at Woodland, while we're not having our services, we do have a couple of resources that we want to make sure that you know about. Um, If you head to our website after you see the sermon, you will notice that there is a sermon summary um, that will detail the sermon. And we've also uh, provided some sermon questions for you to discuss. Mm Now, who are you going to discuss that with? Well, we're hoping that you will gather family, that you'll gather friends, that you'll gather people in your community, because we just don't want you to be isolated and be alone. We believe that these messages that we're still bringing forth are important that they are a kingdom, and we want you to be able to listen to them and then dialogue with others about them. So watch the sermon online, and then gather some people and discuss the sermon. Gather some people and discuss the sermon, um, and you know maybe even have a meal together. Gather people, watch the sermon, have a meal, and just try to be that community that Jesus is calling us to be. We do not want you to be isolated. During this time, and like Greg said, we don't know how long it's going to last, but During this time, we know that we have some ways in which we want to communicate with you. And the most effective way that we can do that is through our Woodland Hills app. We have an app that you can download on your phone, and that is the most effective, most efficient, the quickest way to get messages from us. Now, we know that some of you maybe aren't familiar with apps on your phone, or maybe you just got a new phone and you don't know what to do. So we're going to walk you through those steps right now, and you will be all set and good to go. All right. So if you have an Android phone or if you have an iPhone, you can uh, get the Woodland Hills app. So all we need you to do is to navigate to the app store on your phone. After you navigate to the app store, you're going to search for Woodland Hills Church. When you see Woodland Hills Church, you'll know it's us because our app will have a red WH icon. Next, you're going to want to select our app. You're going to want to press that install button, and you're going to want to open the app. You can choose which notifications you want to receive. You can choose all church notifications or specific notifications, but the choice is yours, and you can do that once you install and open the app. So that's all it takes. You're done. Install the app, open it, choose your notifications, and then you'll be right there in the loop with all that we've got going on. Greg, are you ready for this?
0: Uh, Ready or not, here we come, because it's it's here. It's here. Got the Woodland Hills app. It's so easy, even I, Mr. Techno Challenge, can do it. So I encourage you to download that. You get the top... Top three picks, coronavirus, what are we doing? And it goes on from there. So check that out. You can also uh, give online through this. And here's something that you might think about. Uh, as this, It's not the apocalypse, but it's a nasty, nasty, nasty bug that we're dealing with. As this global pandemic is hitting us, um, the needs don't go away. The needs of the kingdom don't go away. Our building is going to stay open, serving people. Uh, but we also have a staff that we're going to need to have around when this thing gets done and we go back into doing ministry. So, I encourage you to keep the, the ministry on your radar screen when it comes to giving. We'll say a little bit about the whole kingdom attitude towards giving as we move on from there. Uh, so, I mentioned getting together. Of course, here's the balance on that. Yet, yeah, we, 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 we don't want you to be isolated unless, of course, you're sick. <laughs> then isolate yourself, uh, quarantine yourself. And that's really the first message here is to, to to be safe, take the ordinary precautions. Uh, if, if if you or someone else that you know is ill, uh, yeah, you have to quarantine. We're at this stage here where they're just saying avoid contact as as much as possible. And so uh, if in, in our small group uh, we're, we're getting together, but we're doing it online. There's apps you can get where you can talk to one another online and and you answer questions that way. If getting together uh, physically isn't a feasible thing to do. It's a weird time. In some ways, you know, I, I feel gifted. In, in, in I, I'm going to brag here for a moment. When when when, it, when it, When it comes to, like, really tough times and catastrophes whatever, I'm the guy you want in your back seat because I stay calm in these things. And part of the reason is because I had to deal with a lot of catastrophe growing up, and you learn how to manage that stuff, Uh, and a lot of that is is owing to my stepmother. But there's something else I owe to my stepmother, and that's a positive example that really has, I think, helped me stay calm in catastrophic situations. Uh, I was either 5 or 6 because it was the last year we were in in, uh, Grand Ledge, Michigan. But uh, I was coloring on this coloring book in the in the living room, and my stepmother uh, was doing dishes. And at one point, she and there's a storm coming in. I remember hearing the wind and stuff picking up. Uh, but she says, "Greg, come over here. You might want to see this." And so I went over to where she was, and she was she she got a stool like this one here, and she set me on top of it so I could look out the window. And uh, I saw this funnel coming towards our house—a tornado. Uh, it, was, it, it was coming out fairly quickly, but it, I was fascinated by how it was just going back and forth, just snapping. And my first question to my stepmother was, is it alive? Because it looked like, like a living being, you know, it was kind of ominous. And she goes, oh, no, no, it's just a phenomenon of nature. And then my next question is, is it dangerous? And she goes, well, yeah, it's actually very dangerous. Uh, and, and so we're going to have to take some precaution here. But isn't that interesting? And so she drew my attention to just how, how fascinating it was. Uh, to this day, I don't have a fear of tornadoes. In fact, I, to this day, I find them fascinating. They're, they're, I, I could have been a storm chaser because I just think that they're, they're fat. And see, she could have installed a lot of fear in me. Like, but she didn't. It's like, come over and look at this thing. And then uh, when it got fairly close and we had these rows of trees in our backyard and those trees were like <laughs> bending like crazy, she says, well, okay, we probably should go downstairs now if we're going to be safe. And so we went downstairs and locked the door and a tornado came and half our trees were down, but our house was fine. But see, I... I Here's what was that, that was communicating to me. Uh, what was being communicated is yes, this is a dangerous thing. This is a dangerous thing. So you need to take some precautions, but you don't need to freak out. Uh, it, 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 it's going to be okay. And I think that's that's just a good way to approach life. Yeah, there, there's going to be some tough times. There could be some really tough stuff going on, but 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 it, 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 and there'll be some loss here. But we're we're going to get through this thing. We're going to get through this thing. It's going to be okay. This is unprecedented, folks. uh, uh, I'm not going to try to sugar paint this. World Health Organization says this is uh, at least 10 times as lethal or 10 times as strong as the average flu bug out there, and it's more easily transmittable. They're not quite sure how much more transmittable. They say that it's, it's more contagious than the ordinary flu. That makes this a serious thing. And when you find out that they're shutting down all the sports, you know, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, they're all just shutting down. You know something serious is going on. When Disney World when Universal Studios, when they shut down, you know that, that something serious is going on. I, I'm told that even Hollywood stopped making movies. Uh, man, that that make anyone nervous. The end must be near. Holy cow. But so this is unprecedented here. And it's also going to be a precedent not just in the chaos but in terms of the pain uh, in our lifetime uh we probably have never seen anything like this in terms of human loss it's it's going to it, it is going to be and is already in many parts of the world very 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 bad um it's it's uh, it's not just the physical part. There's a natural fear of getting sick, which, which, which can be terrible. Now, for 80% of the people, they say you're, you're, the symptoms are mild, if any at all, for 80%. But for the other 20, you're symptomatic. And, and for a small percentage, 3 4%, it gets to be very serious, and it can be fatal. And that already gives you some fear. I mean, you, you want to stay away from that. Be cautious about that. But beyond that, there's well, f- financial misery across the board. Uh, more than just a few people who are all of a sudden realizing that I guess retirement's going to be put on hold for a couple more years as we've seen that get washed away. Um, people, their jobs, anyone in the service industry. I mean, a lot of jobs are up in the air. Or, you know, there's a lot of folks wondering, when's the next, where's the next paycheck going to come from? How are we supposed to make it? They canceled school, but now we got to take care of the kids. How am I supposed to make The only good news in this... It's not the only good news, but one piece of good news is that if, if, if you're feeling like the, fi- the bottom is falling out financially, well, we're all kind of in that situation. Uh, Woodland Hills isn't the only church that's saying, how on earth are we going to ever try to even come close to budget? we have to redo everything in light of this. Well, everyone's thinking that. We're all in the same boat. There's kind of a, there's kind of a solidarity in that. Okay? You know, so however bad it is, we're, we're in the same misery here together, and none of us have seen anything quite like this before. And as I said before, part of, the scare, part of the fear is that we don't know. We just have there's so many unknowns on this thing. We don't know if we're hitting the peak or if we're just getting warmed up. Where's it going to go? So in, in, in light of this, this unique situation, this odd situation that we're in here, I don't even know what this is. I, is this a sermon I'm giving here or is this a table-side talk here. This is all so new. I I don't want to... I'm intentionally not trying to do what I do in sermons because I I like to feed off the crowd and look around and see people there and I can't do any of that here. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, the energy of the crowd. So, so So this is a different thing. I don't know what this is. This is a talk. This is... Usually I, I don't wear my gloves up here, but it's cold in here. So doggone, I'm going to wear my gloves. If, the, if this catastrophe is happening, well then who cares about where I'm wearing gloves, even if you're not supposed to wear gloves. And chew gum while you talk. I'm breaking the rule. Look at this. you supposed to do that. I'm breaking all the rules because it's the apocalypse, so what do I care? Just kidding. So um, here's the thing. What's the kingdom response to this? In the light of this craziness that's going on. Um, I guess the first thing I'd say is, is, is this, from a kingdom perspective, if you're at all familiar with Woodland Hills and the theology we teach around here, uh, really from a kingdom perspective, this shouldn't be that surprising. It's terrible, it's terrible, but it shouldn't be that surprising. Uh, there are, I'm sure, plenty of, of uh, pastors around the country, even around the world right now, who are consoling their flock by saying things kind of like, hey, don't worry, God's in control, God's got this all in charge, everything's going according to plan, God's working out His will in mysterious ways, and things of that sort. And that is said to comfort people. Now, if that comforts you, God bless you, be comforted. But uh, I hear that, and I I don't hear, what I hear is God's doing this. God's in control he's the one zapping it and and now I'm really afraid because God holds all the cards So he can zap wherever he wants and now if your mother or father or loved one gets stricken Well now you have to believe that God's the one who did that and He's got his own mysterious reasons for that and so on and so on and so on That's not a word I can give you I'm not going to say hey it's all okay God's you know It's all I can say yeah God's in control of the big picture The world's not going to end before God wants it to end God's in charge of this whole thing He's going to win in the end hallelujah But he's not microcontrolling where the virus goes and who gets it and who gets smitten and who dies because of it. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, You know, Jesus, his whole ministry was spent ministering to people who had afflictions like this. What what was it? What's it called? The coronavirus, but it's called COVID. COVID nineteen. He was always rebuking things like COVID-19. People were afflicted with all sorts of diseases, and Jesus came against them, deformities, whatever the ailment was. If it didn't work the way things are supposed to work, the arm didn't work the way the arm's supposed to work, or the eye didn't work the way the is supposed to work, Jesus healed it. And so he is the perfect revelation of what God is like. If you see me, you see the Father, right? He's the exact representation of the Father's very essence, it says in Hebrews 1-3. And so if that's true, then... We shouldn't be thinking that God's behind all this as though you know, the Father afflicts people, then Jesus comes and heals people. No, Jesus reveals the Father's will by healing them. And then he identifies for us where the sickness, disease, mayhem, COVID-19 sort of crap comes from. That doesn't come from the Father of lights in whom there's no shadow of turning, in whom the, the one who is all light in whom there is no darkness, the one who's altogether love and nothing but love. No, the, the COVID-19 viruses don't come from the Father of lights above. Uh, this an enemy has done. Uh, Jesus told this parable in in, in Matthew 13 where uh, there's this farmer and and, uh, overnight some enemy of this farmer sowed all sorts of weeds among his crop. The next morning his servant who does the daily assessment of the crop apparently uh, said to him, hey, Master, uh, somebody somebody sowed weeds in our crop overnight. And the guy said, well, listen, whoever did this was no friend of mine. Uh, This an enemy has done. But then he says, so oh, we'll have to let them both grow together, and then at the end we'll, 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 we'll tear them apart. We'll separate them in the end. But right now they're going to grow together. We live in a world where it's all growing together. you got good stuff, but you also got bad stuff, and it's all growing together. You look at the world, and, yeah, you can see the glory of God and, and the majesty of the stars and mountaintops and sunsets, and, yeah, the glory of God everywhere, but you also see the glory of a lot of nightmare stuff like COVID-19, a lot of killer bugs and parasites and all sorts of other mayhem that doesn't at all reflect the goodness of God, the character of God, the love of God. If Jesus really is the perfect image of God, if you see me, you'll see the Father. If if we really trust that, then if Jesus didn't do it, we shouldn't suspect the Father of doing it. And Jesus never went around spreading diseases, (laughs) afflicting people with mayhem. He just never did that. Here, I think I'll give you a virus that will kill you. No, I'll slay your children. He didn't do that. He did the opposite of that. He healed people. And so if Jesus didn't go out disseminating diseases and mayhem among humans to cause suffering, why would we think the Father would do that? Since if we see Jesus, we see the Father. Now, this an enemy has done. This an enemy has done. It's so important in this war zone. See, we are in We are in a war zone. This really is a war zone. And normally we're pretty protected. We here in the West anyways, we're pretty barricaded from the nastier things of nature. So it's easy for some people in the West to think that, that really the world's just a wonderful, wonderful place, except that humans are a little bit tainted. Uh, but otherwise, everything's wonderful. But see, folks, nature is corrupt, and nature deals a lot of nasty stuff. And, and, and it always has. It, it deals with a lot of nasty stuff. We're in a war zone, and we take hits. And when you're in the middle of a battlefield in a war zone, you expect to take hits. But the battle is not against God, against God's mysterious will, as though God's ordaining this or something. No, no, it's against that thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so it says in the New Testament that Satan is the god of this age and the principality and power of this heir, who, First John 5, 19, he controls the entire world. There's right? this enemy who's operating. And the early church saw this. They never, When they had diseases and, and, and parasites and plagues and all that kind of stuff, they never attributed it to God. In the early church, they always said, this an enemy is done. We live in a corrupted creation, and this is all the work of the enemy. It's not that there's a demon behind every headache and every backache and anything like that. But it's that, that there's a corrupting influence throughout all of nature so that nothing operates exactly the way it was supposed to operate. And it's from things like that that COVID-19 comes from. Uh, this, this an enemy has done. It's so important that when we are in the middle of, you know when the battle is intense, like it kind of is on a global scale right now, that we, we can at least identify and distinguish between friendly fire and enemy fire. Um, to say this is of God and this is not. Because if you don't know what's what, then you don't even know where to shoot. If it's God's will, then we must accept it. And you know, throughout church history, there's folks who would say, when a plague would hit, they'd say, oh, it's God's will, we must accept it. You know? and, and then they'd go and preach that to the next, uh, the next village and carry the disease with them. It was kind of a quesera, thing. You know, but that's not our calling. Our call is to represent the character of God who's on the side of life, always on the side of life against death, always on the side of wholeness against fragmentation always on the side of seeing humans prosper to be all that God created them to be, never on the side of sickness, death, and destruction. So it's so important in this war zone to be able to, to, to identify what is of God and what is not. And, and this, folks, an enemy has done. This, folks, an enemy has done. Having said that, here's the second point. So we're in a war zone. This is the kind of thing we should expect. It's unprecedented in our life, unless you're over 102. But it's not unprecedented in history. Nature's been nasty like this from the word Go. Uh, the first recorded pandemic we have is in around 430 B.C. in Athens. And it wiped out about half to two-thirds of the population. Uh, the, the, man, some of the epidemics in the past have just been, make this one look like a little tiny little baby cold. I mean, uh, the Julian uh, 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 pandemic of, of uh, was sixth century, uh, they estimate that over the, you know, and things spread much slower back then, but over two centuries killed about 25% of the world's population. We've had some nasty bugs come our way. The bubonic plague in the, in the 14th century, they think killed about a third of all of Europe and, and more than that in, in, in certain areas. And then we had the Spanish flu in 1918 that killed upwards of 100 million people. This corrupted nature has been wreaking havoc for some time. We've been kind of quarantined from this and now we're having a little pushback here. Kinda, it kind of, in some ways, exposes the lie about how secure we are. We have our... It yeah, just feels so like so stable with our economy and our sports and everything's going as regular and we always think that it'll always be there and we can always count on these stores and always count on these food chains and always count on these suppliers and all of a sudden it takes one little bug and boof, it all comes to an end. And maybe we're not quite as secure in this thing as we think. Uh, our our, our, our call is, I understand this is a war zone, this is to be expected, and then in the midst of this war zone, secondly, our call is to be the church. Wherever we are, we're to be the church, right? That's doesn't matter whether things are good or bad. Our job is to be a giant version of Jesus, Uh, to look like Jesus, think like Jesus, love like Jesus, talk like Jesus, serve like Jesus, sacrifice like Jesus. We're to be a a corporate version of the cross. So the call is, and you hear me quote this all the time because this is the whole gospel, imitate God. That's what it means to be godly, just imitate God. Whatever you see God doing, you do it. And the place where we see God doing stuff is in Jesus. So Paul says, imitate God, and here's what it looks like. Live in love as Christ loved us and gave his life for us. That is the call, folks. Uh, whether everyone's healthy around us or everyone's dying around us, our call is to live in love as Christ loved us and gave his life for us. Uh, when, 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 when epidemics, pandemics hit, when catastrophe hits of any kind, the fallen human instinct is to retreat and go into a kind of a a Masada complex, it's us versus them. I'll take care of me and my own. And, and, and when we cave into that impulse, out of fear we retreat and, and we, we get kind of a fortress mentality, but then everybody else that's outside of us and our own becomes the other uh, that we fear, the competitor, the one who, who's trying to get my resources, who wants what, what, what my family needs. Our call in times of duress and in times of peace is, is the opposite of that. Is, is to have a xeno, xenophilia, a love for the other. Not a xenophobia, a fear of the other, but a xenophilia, a love of the other. To, however it is with me and my own. Now, you, your first responsibility is to your family and those that you're in covenant with, and so you have to take care of you and your own, and that, that's normal. And there are families where you, maybe if those you have to care for, you have quite a few who are dependent on you, maybe you have vulnerable adults dependent on you. Most of your time, maybe all of it in this case, will be spent on you and your own, and, and, and don't feel guilty about that if, if, if in fact, that taxes all that, you're, that you have available. But insofar as it's possible, kingdom people are to have, as part of our regular default, not just us on our own, but to have the outsider, those around us, who may be suffering much more than we are, however bad it is with us. Be aware of the possibility that there may be people right next door to you or down the street from you who have, are having it much, much worse. And so keep your radar on and keep your walkie-talkie with the Holy Spirit on and be in dialogue about that and be praying for the people in your neighborhood. That's one act of service we can all do. Be covering people, in your, especially those who are kind of vulnerable, the elderly on your on your block. Uh, you know, people who have that pre-existing condition, whatever that may be. You might be led to, to call on them and do it in ways that you don't violate any boundaries. But, uh, you know, leave them a note. Do they have any needs? Uh, are, are, are they taken care of? You know, maybe you, they always have their daughter stop by on Wednesdays to deliver food or whatever. But maybe their daughter's going to be sick. or their, their, their granddaughter's sick and she can't come. Uh, insofar as it's possible, without taking away from responsibility for what you have responsibility for, without taking away from that, as far as it's possible, make yourself available to serve others, to keep others on the radar screen, uh, to be giving towards others. As I said before, we'll be ministering through the, the church here as much as we can, keeping the doors open, and, and, uh, and so keep that on your radar screen as, as well. But in every way, shape, and form, however you can, keep others there. Uh, and, and know this, remember that however dark it gets in the culture, that is an opportunity to shine. Look for opportunities to shine, uh, to just put on display the, the graciousness of the kingdom. You, know, you, you go to the store and yeah, you could use three, three, twelve packs of toilet paper, but here's this lady and you got the last three and she's got kids and she doesn't have any. Could you share? I mean, just little. It's a million little things. To quote that title of a show that's out there, a million. The kingdom is a million little things that we'll miss if our radar isn't on. But if our radar's on, we can maybe see these little, little ways. You know, it may snow again here in Minnesota. And here's a good policy: assume that your neighbor is too sick to do anything. Okay, so if you're going to go out and snow blow, do theirs. You know, it, it, whatever, it, it, just have an eye open for things that, ways that you can reach out, build bridges, serve people, help out when things are looking bad. So be, be be the church. Be safe, be the church, accept that this is a war zone. And finally, be encouraged. Be encouraged. And as I go to say, be encouraged, I am not going to try to put a Pollyanna twist on this. And, oh, it's just going to be wonderful. I, I I've always promise to be honest and uh if ever there's a time to be honest it's now because the reality is in all likelihood some people listening to this message uh you're going to lose loved ones in fact in all likelihood some people listening to this message have already lost loved ones so we can talk about all the histories of the pandemics in the world but this is the worst one when it's your loved one that you just lost i don't want to put a happy spin on this it's going to it's it's emotionally going to be and is taxing, it's, 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 it's taxing, it. the loss on human life, the, the, economically it's devastating. They're saying it's going to be years before we recover from this, that this is economically going to be, we're hitting it hard on 9-11. I'm not going to paint a nice picture on this. It is as nasty as anything I think we've seen. Having said that, Jesus in John 16, he he promises us this. He, here's a promise you can stand on. Jesus says, hey, in this world, you're going to have trials. Hallelujah. In this world, you're going to have trials. No one argues with that. I mean, that, that's kind of self-evident. He was right about that one. In this world, you're going to have trials. But then he says, but don't let your heart be troubled. I've overcome the world. Don't let your heart be troubled. I've overcome the world. What a crazy thing to say. Especially because he's going to get crucified in about Three hours. So, his disciples are listening to this. Oh, Jesus has overcome the world. Don't let our heart be troubled. We're going to have trials, but we can have peace through the trials because Jesus overcame the world. Then, three hours hours later, he gets arrested and tried and tortured and finally crucified. Doesn't look like Jesus overcame the world, does it? It looks like the opposite. The world overcame Jesus. And on Good Friday, it always looks like the world is overcoming Jesus. You will have trials. All Jesus has is trial. Look, he's hanging there on the cross. But what, 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 what's with this overcoming the world thing? It, there's no sign of that at all. Not on Good Friday. Not on Good Friday. On good Friday, it looks like the last word is death. It looks like the last word is negative. It's, it's doom. It's destruction. It's emptiness. It's chaos. Thankfully, Good Friday is not the last word. And maybe I'm, pre, uh, I'm preempting my Easter sermon here. But you know what? Uh, I think at a time where you have unprecedented death around you, maybe that's a good time for an Easter sermon, even if it's not Easter. So here's my Easter sermon Good Friday didn't have the last word, praise God. Jesus rose from the dead. And in and, and doing that, he is showing that his death, in fact, did overcome the world. Uh, he, God has, in principle, defeated the enemy, the one who is ultimately behind the havoc of nature. God has, in principle, defeated the evil and the, the heart and the disease and the war and all the other things that cause mayhem in this world. In principle, he's done that. Now, we don't see it manifested yet. And this is what's called the already-not-yet paradox of the New Testament, it, it's like it's already here, but it's not yet manifested. Uh, it's, it's like we've already seen D-Day, to use the World War II analogy, where the Allies broke the back of the German machinery, the German Army, and, and it was inevitable. Now, it was certain from that point on, June 6th on, 1944, that, 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 that the U.S. would win the war and the Allies would win the war. But there still were battles to, fought, to, to fight before we got to v day Victory Day. So there's an interval between D-Day and V-Day. That's where we are right now. Jesus' death and resurrection brought V day He tied up the strong man. Now it's our job to pillage the house, right? Uh, in principle, all that needs to be done has been done. He's, he has overcome the world. Uh, it, is, it is just a matter of time before we see that. And so if we keep our eyes on that and have our heart anchored in that and our treasures all anchored in that, then you can go through this and any other nasty thing that life might throw your way and you can live out Jesus' promise that your heart will be not troubled. Paul says we have a peace that passes all understanding, passes all understanding. When your understanding says, "Ah, should be freaking out right now, this is it, this is as bad as I get. I should freak out right now. When your brain and your understanding is saying that, there's something else inside of you that says, no, nah, you can have peace. You have a peace that passes your understanding. It's the peace that is given to us by the, the Holy Spirit. And, and so as we rely on the Holy Spirit and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus who has already won this thing, If we live in that long narrative, not a short narrative that ends with death, but a long narrative that goes on forever, you can be in the midst of trials and tribulations of even apocalyptic proportions, and yet you can have a peace that passes all understanding. That is available to the believer. It's one of our precious, probably one of our most precious inheritances. Don't wait till you die to cash in on your inheritance. Cash in on it now, because that's what puts it on display to the world that there's an inheritance coming. Cash in on your inheritance, have a peace that passes understanding. I'll end with this. Uh, my voice sounds very different right now. I feel like I'm talking in the bottom of a toilet bowl. Hello, up there. Please don't flush. I'm down here. No. No, 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 no. come on, Come on. go back, Wicked world. <sighs> yeah, I, I just have a funny talk here, but it's kind of apart from the course. given that This is the apocalypse, and everything's kind of new here, and we don't know what's happening here. Probably you got the coronavirus in that microphone right there, and, and, and that's why it's acting so weird. Have you delivered it from demons before you gave it to me, or are you passing on a demonic thing even now as we're talking? Look at this. All right, sorry. Here you go. Did that, did, the, did, the, did that have a bug or not? It's a sweat. It's a sweat. Yeah. Oh, so oh, this is great. Oh, this, this is just great. This is great. This is great. So we got the apocalypse happening, and and my microphone doesn't work, and our sound guy blames it on me. Oh, it's because of the sweat. So you maybe you're wondering why do you wear gloves if you sweat so much? Aren't you hot? And this is as good a time as any for an explanation. It's because I take this medication that makes my hands cold. And so if it gets below 70 or anything, what is that? I got peanut butter on these. If it gets below anything like that, I'm only kidding. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. I'm uh, I'm honoring the sanitation rules, okay? Uh, so, So, yeah, so that's why I have gloves, even though, and my feet get hot. So, fine, my feet get hot, my hands get cold, and I'm always sweaty. And that's just how, so we're, we're here to embrace each other's weirdness because we are xenophilia. We love the other and the other and the strange and the different. So let's embrace each other's weirdness in this time right here. Final word! I, I don't know if they're going to cut this out or not, but I'd rather they didn't because I'd like, I, I just, just keep it kind of informal. That way you don't have to get, like, get nervous about being professional and whatever, right? Because this is the apocalypse. Who cares about professionalism right now? It's not the apocalypse. I, I, they told me not to say that. But I hope that you realize I'm joking when I say that. Okay, so don't cut this out. This guy said it's... Okay. Final word, Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Yeah, see, I could hear that over there in TV land. I, yeah, the, no, it, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He says neither height nor depth. Neither principalities, nor powers, neither, neither things present, nor things to come. Neither famine, nor pearl, nor sword, nor COVID-19 can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And that's the good news. A lot of nasty stuff can happen. And a lot of the nasty stuff can happen to our physical bodies, and we will eventually die. And that's all true. Let's not make nice of it. It is, can be nasty. But praise God, nothing can threaten, intimidate, rival, undermine, destroy, corrupt in any way. Uh, Jesus Christ in our life. Praise God. Uh, Be held tightly in his arms. Keep your eyes fixed on him. God shall give perfect peace to those whose eyes are stayed on him. Isaiah 26.3. Keep your eyes fixed. Next week, tune in. We'll be here 10 o'clock and having a service in front of nobody except for all you wonderful pod listeners. I encourage you to keep a sense of community. As as Shauna mentioned, use that app. Uh, uh, Stay connected that way. Stay in touch here. Uh, Keep informed of what's going on here. God bless you guys. The darker it gets, the brighter we shine. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Peace out.